Welcome to the Art of NVC podcast. Um, today we have a very special guest, Brent Cunning. He was the first client to do the platinum level um, membership on my Patreon, which means twelve sessions in one month. So today we're gonna we're gonna talk to Brent and see about his experience, what that was like, how he started, and um, what are the benefits of NBC and how he is using it currently. So welcome to the show, Brent. Yeah, thanks, man. Excited to be here. Awesome. So, what was the what what would first got you into NBC? Like, why did you even want to do NBC at all? Oh, that's going way back. I don't know. I mean, I got into a lot of self help and and uh, and improvement, especially when COVID hit. I was kind of bored, so I was like, "Well, I'm just going to do a lot of reading." And I actually just, uh, gosh, how did I pick it up? Oh, you know where I heard it? I was listening to the Tim Ferriss podcast and he was talking about nonviolent communication. Yeah, I heard him talk about that before actually then. Yeah. And and actually that was probably, that was many years ago. I heard him and it, it just registered in my brain. Oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, and he really hyped it up and was was promoting it quite a bit. And I thought, okay, well, I'll check that out. And then just like everything, you know, it slips out of your mind and you get busy and you forget about it. But there was still that the seed was planted in there. So I, I knew the term nonviolent communication. And then I think I heard, I, I heard him again, talk about it on a podcast. So I said, okay, that's the second time I've heard this. There might be something to it. Um, and then I think when COVID hit, I just picked up, I just looked on Amazon. Um, and I was, um, I was in a time in my life where I was really struggling with authenticity and trying to live it. I kind of understood it from a logical standpoint. Also was diving into emotional intelligence because I'm a physical therapist. I see patients a lot and uh, there's there's a huge value in motivational interviewing and, and patient engagement in order to get people to you know change behaviors and do exercises and things like that. So connecting with people and being and empathizing with them is extremely important. Uh, and there's research and studies to back that. But I realized that I actually, while I kind of understood it from a logical standpoint and a rational standpoint, I was really emotionally illiterate. So I I kind of like, I understood the emotions. I didn't know how they felt in me. And I, and I, and I really was, I wasn't good at actually applying what I was applying to patients in terms of emotional intelligence to myself. So anyway, I read the the title. It was talking about emotional, or I was, I read the the synopsis of uh NBC book by Rosenberg. And uh, it just kind of was like, Oh yeah. It's talking about authenticity. It's talking about emotional intelligence. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to pick this up. So I read that book and then it was just like, Whoa, light bulb after light bulb, after light bulb, after light bulb. I'm like, this is like completely in line with my philosophy and values. And yeah, it just kind of, that's, that's the, the starting point. Yeah. I love that book. That's the book that like, rocked me too. I mean, how I learned was I just listened to that book again and again and again. I read it several times and then I did the audio book again and again and again on my hour long commute for like weeks. I was like, yeah. I was so hungry for that, for the knowledge. Cause yeah, it was, it was the, it was the thing, the right versus wrong got me. I was like, Oh my God, I've never looked at it from this perspective. You, you mean that there doesn't have to be, I don't have to think of things in terms of right and wrong whoa, mind exploded. Uh, oh my God, I've been doing that my entire life. Like I've, I've been judging and evaluating and it was just like, holy crap. It was like my, my past flashed in front of me and I'm like, I literally do this all the time in my own mind to myself. 
And then to other people all the time, even just little innocuous sort of judgments, evaluations, diagnoses, I was just doing it all the time, constantly. And I'm like, holy, no wonder I, you, I'm so hard on myself and no wonder I, um, I'm not really getting kind of true, genuine, authentic relationships. And I'm struggling with my relationships with my family and some friends and, and my relationships with my, like my, with my spouse. And so I was like, holy, this could be game changing. And yeah. it was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love I love the fact that it teaches us how to be authentic, even though we're upset. Like that was so big to me because it's like I think before NBC, every time I would get upset, I would either you know blame or judge or condemn mm -hmm. someone else or always be quiet. And they both feel so horrible. You know what I mean? Like to put that negative energy on someone else feels horrible. To be quiet when you're upset feels horrible. And then just the fact that he was like, "No, you can be a hundred percent authentic." and still mm -hmm. speak was just amazing yeah. to me. It's definitely one of my favorite things about NBC. Yeah. So then, so what was the learning? So you read the book. Did you just read it once? Did you read it a couple of times? Did you do the audio book or how did you? I read it probably in two days. Like oh, I just wow. powered okay. through it. I mean, yeah, just, just flew through it. I, I, and then I never read it again, except to just, I had it kind of, I, I carried it around in my bag for months actually. Cause I would just reference it. I would look back if I was thinking about something cause I was trying to apply it in my life. And, uh, I was like, Holy, this is okay. It was simple at first. I got the concept. I get it. It, it makes sense to me now executing it. I'm like, Oh my God, this is a different story. I, so I carried it around with me and like after scenarios, I'd be like, Oh, okay, well wait. So am I doing this? Like, am I doing this right? Like, <laughs> I'm just flipping back in the pages and I'm like, oh, geez, like, okay, I forgot. Because it, it's so easy to just forget it because I just default back into my yep. regular routine and my patterns. And so I was like, oh, my God, this is really hard. Yeah, and then, the, uh, the nuances, right? It's surprising. The, to me, I think it's surprising how much nuance there is and how off the rails the NBC attempt can go with one mistake. You make one mistake and all of a sudden they're triggered and then it's hard to remember anything, right? NV, the NBC or emergency empathy. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're uh, dealing with sort of a self-critical mind like myself for a long time, you then just like, it's like that, that system turns on when you make a mistake, it turns on and goes, oh, look what you did. And then it judge, 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 judge. And you're yeah. like, oh no, I'm getting stuck in the... Like it's, it's always like you're like trapped. And um, so you, it's tough though. Cause like, yeah, there's, I think there's always that struggle phase in anything, you, you know, and you're going to yeah. deal with that. Um, so I did really struggle at first and, and maybe some of that was necessary. Probably a lot of it was unnecessary because I didn't have much guidance. Mm. I was just trying to do it myself, but um, yeah, it's tough. Cause you, you know, you, your own mind kind of uh, defaults back to that judgment and evaluation on yourself so you gotta yeah. be it's like you're doing mvc twice on yourself and on others yeah it's hard to switch it up so we think it's so simple and it should be easy but we're, we're changing lifelong habits so it's definitely a challenge yeah yeah and that's when i realized it was like more than just a tool uh it was like it was like a it's like a philosophy like a, yeah a mindset shift yeah. I like that in the book too, when he talks about it being a spiritual path, it really is. He's like, just, yeah. it's a spiritual path. When you stop judging, labeling anything, anytime at first, you're like, yeah, right. And then you just start to do it. And you're like, wow, I don't really need to label anything. Yeah. 
ever. It's like, like you said, my mind. That's the crazy thing ever. Like never, ever. That took me a long time to wrap my head around that. Like I don't have to do it ever. Like no character judgments, none. It doesn't have to happen. Like, I oh. love not offering my opinion about things. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a superpower. I just don't it. do it. It just, yeah. it just doesn't come out. Oh, man. Unsolicited. I'm trying yeah. to make the difference there because I'm like, there are some times where I'm like, all right. Like, for example, right now, I think you've solicited my opinion. So I think it's okay that I uh, I say it. But yeah, just in regular conversations and stuff. like. But really, it's not uh, your opinion. It's your experience. I'm soliciting your experience. Less your opinion. I'm, I may solicit your opinion. Yeah, but yeah, true. But overall, more, I would say it's just your experience and your opinion. I guess it's mixed. It's mixed in there. You're right. You should ask for my opinions. opinion. Mike, I, I think you should ask for my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. So, so, you, so, you, so you read the book. You started to do it. Uh, do you remember any of the times that you tried to do it? and then it went and it went bad yeah i'd have to think back uh when i tried to do oh yeah I, I remember i tried to do it with my wife here's the funny thing i tried to tell her to tr- she needs to listen she needs to read nbc <laughs> she needs to you read should book. read this book. yeah <laughs> i was like and then it took me so long to figure out like oh no i'm actually i'm not using nbc in my attempt to get her to use to, to try to use NBC. I'm like, yes. I'm not using the system here. And so that led to a kind of a nightmare of like, you know, she's trying to, she's thinking I'm manipulating her and coercing her and trying to do this thing that she doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not what NBC is about. It's, it's about uh, meeting her need. It wasn't her need at that point. We, we were trying to work on our relationship, but um, you know, she had other needs and that that wasn't one of them. So couldn't force it on her, but I was, I was sort of sub- subconsciously doing that. I didn't realize it. I thought I was coming out of a, I was coming out of a genuine place. Yeah. A, like good intention. Um, but it was the words I was using and the method was not MVC. So it didn't work. It okay. So, my so, face. so where did you go from there? How did you come across um, my podcast? Um. Oh yeah. I, as soon as I read the book, I was like, Hey, I got to figure out. I, and then I did, I had some failed attempts at using it and a lot of failed attempts. I was like, okay, I need a little bit of help. So then I just searched uh, nonviolent communication into, uh, I think it was into Google or Spotify or something. And then your art of NVC popped up, started listening to you. You gave it a modern flavor that was really appealing to me where I, I remember listening to one podcast where you were talking about a scenario where somebody was texting their spouse and it was like so relatable i was like yeah okay like that get, that is a situation that happens which i mean and marshall rosenberg god bless him uh amazing genius thinker but yeah. like it's a little outdated now yeah so you kind of brought it into the 21st century for me i'm like oh and and just the way you you spoke and stuff like kind of resonated with me uh so i just devoured your podcast content and then i actually started getting some some results after that uh i can't remember specifically but i do remember the feeling of being like oh yeah it's working i need to reach out to this guy now and like figure out if there's something more here and then i found your group uh sessions and did one group session uh which was awesome but but scary as hell because i realized it just made me it just made me see how much work there was to do so let's let's focus um, on that for a second. so the group session was yeah. the uh, patreon 
where I have people come and go through scenarios. And so, so that was your first time doing something like that, correct? Yeah, that was the first time ever role-playing um, scenarios. Do you remember what the challenges were? I, I don't remember. I, I can't recall exactly what your challenges were. Oh, I remember it was like you had a, you had a challenge, it seems if I remember correctly, like getting the feelings, right? Like, like identifying how yeah. you felt and the value was kind of maybe one of the yep. things why yeah, you felt exactly. the way you do. Yeah. Cause that goes back to me being emotionally illiterate, like my entire life. I, I knew like the basics, like happy, sad, mad, uh, you know, <laughs> these depressed, <laughs> like I had that happen in my life, but, uh, I, I, I knew some, some basic feelings, but I, I, I didn't understand. Yeah. It took me a while to, to really know what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, I, cause I really had to look in my inside, you know, reflect deeply on what I was feeling. So it took time. I had to kind of sort through a lot of thoughts because my brain goes very quickly and there's a lot of thoughts bouncing around. So I had to kind of dodge those, uh, look a little deeper, go, oh, okay. Yeah. This is, this is actually, um, you know, the feeling of vulnerability or something. It just took me a long time to really get specific with those. And at that time when we were doing the group meetings, I, I wasn't, I didn't have those uh, lockdowns, so I, I really was slow, and and even and identifying the needs was hard, uh, especially in the group atmosphere. So now I'm like, I'm on the, a little bit on the spotlight in the spotlight, so that mm. was challenging. Mm. Um, and then just doing it off the cuff, but like that's real life, that's a real yeah. situation. So it really nicely replicated uh, real life, um, and I realized like, oh boy, like, this is this is hard. It's just easy to default back to your normal habits. Yes. unless you're being guided. So it's surprising uh, but, how easy that is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but then that just inspired me to work, to, to work really hard. Cause I was like, I just see how much work I have to do. Um, and then after that, I, I started, uh, I printed out the, uh, so it actually like pointed out a blind spot for me, pointed mm-hmm. out a weakness. And so I, I printed out the feelings inventory and the needs inventory. And I took it around with me too. So I put that in my pocket and I would pull that out whenever I was feeling something like just anything, I, mm-hmm. anytime, not, not by myself. I was just like, what am I feeling right now? Look. <laughs> and I'm like scanning the list and going, Oh yeah. Okay. This is this, I think. And then that's just how I got better at. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, that's, that's really cool. So you got better at just identifying how you feel and getting more familiar with different States and, yeah. and like, okay. So then you did the platinum level, Patreon group. So what made you want to step it up? Like it's because at a certain point you're like, no, I, I need this. I want this. And I'm ready to like really apply myself. What was it that really made you want to do that? Uh, there was a few things. The first thing was that I had come back around and tried to, again, use this in my relationship with my spouse. And it just kept, I just kept hitting a wall because Again, I was like just subtly, you know, coming at it from the wrong angle mm-hmm. um, or not the wrong angle, but like coming at it from from an in, ineffective angle. You know, wasn't really using the principles of uh, MVC and we were just running into all kinds of relationship troubles. And I thought, well, this is a huge priority in my life. I got to I got to work on me because that's all I have control over in this is I just got to work on me. Um, I can't control what she does. I, 
you know, she has her own needs. All I can do is just try to identify what her needs are. So I could, so that's why it was one thing was my relationship. The second thing was that uh, I started a, I started my own, my second business. I had my own private physical therapy practice, um, but I started a second business where I was coaching other physical therapists, how to build their own practices. So how to build their own businesses from scratch, which is what I did. And and so, uh, so I had these two businesses running simultaneously and I'd never done any coaching before. So I was, I was realizing right away that I was almost like putting on this business hat and like posturing a lot and being like, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling authentic and genuine. And so I thought, well, like I, at this point I, I had read enough, um, of Rosenberg's work that I was like, there's so much value in being authentic. And, and I think the connecting with people is, is priority over just telling them what to do, especially like as a coach, this is not mm. going to work. So I thought, well, you know, I got f- one person in the coaching program then another, and then a third and then a fourth. And I'm like, Oh boy, okay. This is like taking off. I got to really prioritize uh, how to really build authentic, genuine relationships with these people. And so I, I was like, okay, I just, I got to, I got to do this. Cause I was still, I was still using it, but unsuccessfully. Okay. So I'm like, I need more coaching on this. Okay. So then, um, so what was it like to meet 12 times in one month? So we did, we did, I think we did maybe 11 and then we did one a little later. Um, yeah. basically 12, one hour sessions in one month. What was, what was your progression? Like, what like what happened during that month for you? What sticks out? Well, there was a bunch of, moments that stick out like profound shifts and really cool experiences but the one thing that happened I, was that it was almost like it was very linear growth and slow kind of progress at first for the first i don't know probably six to eight sessions because it was very very focused on mechanics and you know a lot of those scenarios and stuff but then all of a sudden it would like towards the end it like took off like a hockey stick exponential improvement it was crazy how that happened it was like all of a sudden one day i remember you commented you're just like whoa like we just you just nailed that that uh scenario and i was like yeah i did wow that like felt really natural and really easy but before that the the weeks before had been a pretty like pretty good big struggle Mm -hmm. um and then i don't know it almost like almost all tied together at the end and uh and then like this was just before Christmas. So I started in December and then had holidays uh, at the end of December. And then we were going towards the end, we were going over Christmas scenarios Mm -hmm. and Christmas has always been challenging because my family is very opinionated. I grew up in a a family of individuals that not, not really as a family, we didn't really communicate about emotions a lot. Mm. I'll just put it that way. Uh, So, and very, you know, uh, like I said, opinionated, um, for better or for worse. Uh, but so I, I always struggled with those interactions with family members at Christmas time. And this was like the best Christmas that I ever had hands down in my life. Wow. Like, seriously. It was, it was crazy. Cause we, cause me and you went over scenario, like specific scenarios, like, okay, my mom's going to say this <laughs> or like, you know, I, you know, just unintentionally it's just, but it's just a trigger for me because of past experience and you know how I framed it in my head. Mm-hmm. No offense, mom, if you're listening to this, I didn't, <laughs> it's not your <laughs> fault. It's just my way of processing this, but 
you know, I had these internal belief systems that were still lingering around and we get brought up and triggered during these uh, sessions or during these, um, uh, during holidays. And so, yeah, us working through those scenarios was, was so helpful. Cause I just like, it's like I was floating on water, like hovering. I was levitating during the, uh, the, the Christmas parties. Cause I just felt like, Oh, this stuff's not affecting me as much. Wow. And I know how to, I know how to handle them. And I, and I did handle a couple of scenarios really well. Awesome. Do you remember any of those scenarios? Yeah. I mean, you said right as soon as you walked in the door, right? That someone said something that triggered you a little bit or. Yeah. I, I remember it really well. My, um, I can't remember exactly the words that were used, but it was like, I walked in the door at, to my house, to my, my mom's, uh, my dad passed away a couple of years ago, but my mom, Anyways, my mom's house and, and we we're having a Christmas party. So I walked in and uh, she said something like smile, Brent, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was a, something that my that my dad said to me before and it just bothered me mm-hmm. for some reason. Like mm-hmm. it just always bugged me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just she was just saying because I actually had been um, I, I was unrelated. I was like kind of teared up before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said, Oh, just smile, Brent. And so it kind of like triggered this anger in me. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, I-, I had sort of trained myself to do emergency empathy on myself first. Mm-hmm. So nice. I was like, okay, cool. It it's, you know, it's all good. She doesn't mean anything by it. I like she's, it. Just, she's just literally just trying to, you know, so it actually allowed me to sort through the crap in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, put myself in her shoes. What might she be feeling? And I said, I decided to do an MVC statement. And I said, mom, I'm really upset right now because I've been thinking about dad um, recently. Um, and I, I prefer it if I can't, geez, I can't remember the exact, like I said, I can't remember the mechanics of the yeah, words yeah. that I use there, but I said something about my request being for connection. It's just like right now, all I need right now, all I need right now is just some understanding and um, you know, that's awesome. That's it. And then she like, teared up and just came over and gave me a big hug wow. i was like whoa that never happened like Amazing. i actually told my wife that night i was like i don't think my mom has ever done that before like where she's like stopped cried gave me a hug wow i was like that's why look at that that is yeah it was crazy it's crazy. Hey, isn't that and amazing then, how we can yeah. normally we would get irritated say something either say nothing and have a disconnect or say something and then it could be a fight or that. And instead it turned into like a beautiful connection. That's why I, I you know, turning every conflict into a connection. It's true. Yeah. That's like a perfect example of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I think my normal default would have been like, I probably would have just like ignored it. I would, yeah, that's what I would have done. I would have just avoided it and would have mm-hmm. ignored it. And then but that feeling doesn't ignore it doesn't go no, away. It would have it would have it would have lingered on the whole night. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, you're right. It was just like it was just true connection, and then everything melted away. And then she we had a long talk about my dad after that because she's sad. She was just like really upset still that she's living alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was and it's hard during COVID. My dad passed away during COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. and so she's and and we have all these restrictions in Ontario where I live and she, she couldn't get out of the house and see friends. She's very extroverted. Um, so she was really hurting. She's in a lot of pain. Um, and it was just like, boom, it was like a, 
just cut through the layers and got right to the core. It's crazy. That's exactly what NBC does. So yeah. grateful that Marshall like put it all together because it's like without without him putting it all together, it would have been so difficult to get these skills. Every once in a while, I come across somebody who does it naturally, or they're they're able to like really tune in and and I, and, and and they can just follow these steps. But for most of us, like we're just no, I, I, the opposite. Yeah, I needed it because I have like a very analytical, logical thinking, scientific brain, left side dominant. So I was like. I needed somebody to lay it out like that, where it was like step by step. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the components, and I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah, I get it. I see all the gears turning here." And then I had to like create a lot of this form and rigidity in order to then like let go of that form and rigidity mm-hmm. and get into the art of it. Which yes, that's what you really helped me with, like yeah. the flow. You know, the yeah. harmony, making it sound natural, making it feel correct. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because cool. it was so, like, I remember at the very start, it was like very much like strict NVC, step one, step two, step three, step four. Uh-huh. And then towards the end, we were kind of like mixing and matching and sort of some of the, some of the steps would be out of place, but only because we, it kind of sounded natural. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's kind of where I got to at the end. Awesome. So, so what's it like now? How has NVC affected your life now? Like what's changed since you've, you've, you've gone deep into it? Um, my relationship with my wife is better than ever. We've had some like really good deep connections. Like I could tell you so many stories, but we just talk forever. But, um, well, if you want to share like one, that would be awesome, but we don't have to. Sure. Uh, same thing, like same idea as, uh, with my mom, like we, we, um, she actually understands a lot of the steps of MVC. She she understands emergency empathy, um, now, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, she, one one day we were just arguing and then out of nowhere, right, like out of the blue it comes and just gives me a big hug. And I was like, holy crap. That, and I didn't know how to process that at first. Because again, like I'm just not used to that. I don't. I don't oh, and this was, you were arguing, but you were doing NBC and, and we were arguing with, each, we were arguing with each other. I had flipped my, my you know, oh. I, I was actually not using MZ, NBC because uh, okay. I, I was getting stuck in kind of an emotional pathway and, and so we were we were kind of it was getting a bit heated and we were arguing and then shout out nowhere just like it comes and gives me a hug and i was like at first i was like wait a sec that doesn't happen in our fight <laughs> <laughs> and then and then i was like then i just relaxed into it and i'm like oh she's doing it like she's using emergency empathy wow this is cool and then it was like whatever the hell we were talking about didn't mean anything at that point because it was like that wasn't really what we were that wasn't what the problem was about. It was just some surface level thing that we were fighting mm-hmm. about. And then it was like, oh yeah, there's something deeper here. And then we just talked about the, the deeper thing. Um, there, there was one moment too, where we had, uh, we were arguing about like the garbage. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I told you about this mm-hmm. and uh, it, it turned out we were actually arguing about parenting with our, with our two-year-old daughter. Like that was under underlying under the surface. We, we thought it was the garbage, uh-huh. you know, not her, not taking out the garbage and me, you know, getting annoyed that it was just kind of sitting there. That wasn't actually, was it, as we started talking to each other using emergency empathy and NBC, we were like, oh yeah, no, there's a deeper thing here. It's actually, she's scared because, uh, something about the way I was, I was speak, you know, something about the way I said something that then had an implication on how we were raising our kids. So like, 
it was yeah. something deeper, right? So you were able to navigate through the surface, get to the core of it, and then yeah. find a potential solution, at least, you know, a yeah. working solution in the, in the moment. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the one thing, like relationship-wise, it's been better. And then business-wise, it's been awesome because I've been, um, I've actually in the coaching calls with my with my clients, my, my customers, um, I've had a lot of opportunities because um, there's been times when it's gotten somewhat um, not confrontational, but just like someone says something and it, and it triggers you a bit. And I've been able to just go like, okay, sort through that in my own head and then mm -hmm. use emergency empathy in this situation right now. Um, so there's that. And then <laughs> talking to my my patient, like I still have my own clinical practice. Mm -hmm. So I, I see patients in pain and sometimes they're in chronic pain. So they've been dealing with like, you know, this for a long time. So now there's a strong emotional component to it. You can't be in pain, physical pain without suffering emotionally for okay. that long. It just happens. And yeah. so those get tied together. And so you really have to, if you want to be, in my opinion, if you want to be really effective as a provider when you're dealing with individuals with chronic pain you really have to connect with them and, and empathize wow. with them that makes a lot of sense you don't just try to heal their physical pain you you also address the emotional pain at least by being becoming aware of it right and just like pointing yes. it out and saying oh i understand this component which is healing in itself yep. and then you have wow that's awesome. even if you know um, you know, diagnostically, you know, that this individual needs a particular movement or an exercise in order to move their joint and relieve their pain. Mm -hmm. There's a component of behavior change in there. You, you have to, the person has to want to do that exercise to then get the result. But it, sometimes, you know, there's fear that inter that is interfering. Well, what if this makes me worse? I've been through this before. Mm. I've tried physiotherapy before uh, and it hasn't worked, you know, so you've got all these belief systems that come in. So what would you say, say, say you have a patient like that. You, 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 what would you, what would you do? What would you say to them? Like what, and would you do emergency empathy or would you do NVC? Oh, the first thing I would do is before I ever, before ever talking about their problem, I would ask them, Hey, what, what's your expectations from me today? You know, very open-ended question. Mm -hmm. And then, whatever's the elephant in the room, like they'll, they'll tell you that they've had a bad experience in the past and they've been dealing with this pain. They'll start talking to you because you just like, you've asked this open-ended question. So then, um, you know, you can start with that. So what, what's your expectations for me today? Um, so some people won't give you, you know, a, a long story or anything. They'll just say, Oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to like figure out what, what the cause of my pain is. Okay. Um, so what if when know, someone's like, Oh yeah, well, you know, I, I've, I've tried this before. Nothing works. And, you know, last time it was a very like bad experience and it actually created more pain. Would you? Yeah. Then I would, um, <clears throat> I would try to, I would listen to them. Yeah. And I would say, I would listen for any type of, uh, uh, emotion that they may have been feeling at that time. And I would say, well, I could say, are you frustrated? There's so many different ways you could go, but are you frustrated, um, because of the care that you received before? It's something very simple. Okay. Like, Emergency like, empathy right there. Are yeah. you this because of this? Yeah. Or, um, you know, if they've, <clears throat> sometimes you get a sense of someone's been through a lot and you say, well, are you feeling confused? Because no one's clearly communicated a diagnosis to you. Wow. And sometimes you hit them with these questions um, and so you'll get powerful. tears. Like right? people will start crying right away and they'll go, oh right. yeah. 
Um, yeah, I've Man. been, you know, I've been going through the, the, the standard medical system and it just seems like everybody's treating me like a number or they, you know, I, I, I go into my doctor's office and they give me five minutes and they hand me a prescription and I go get a medication and, you know, I just don't feel like I'm, you know, and then I say, um, you know, are you, are you upset because you don't feel like you've been hurt? Bam. They're just like, wow. Yeah, that's it. They're like, I haven't been hurt. It's, I feel like I'm not being understood. The, you know, I'm just being passed around to different specialists and no one can seem to help me with this. And then it's like, boom, instant report building trust, therapeutic wow. alliance built. Okay, now let's talk about your pain. Wow. <laughs> like, like, you know, just that. And then, and now they're willing to actually like engage in a, something that could help them. Um, but sometimes if you don't, if you don't overcome that barrier, you just like, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. Cause yeah, that, that's, it's just, it continues to amaze me how simple and powerful it is. You just ask yeah. those two questions instantly. They feel heard and understood. They feel relief because yeah. now you have, obviously you care about them. You care about what's true within them. They've had a chance to like, you know, express themselves of like, long-term issues you know like things that have been bothering them then you have instant connection and now they're ready to actually hear whatever you have to say with like connection and trust <laughs> it must yeah. make it so much easier when you start like that that's awesome yeah because i like a, a lot of what i'm doing really isn't that new i mean they've probably been told many 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 times that they need to exercise and they need to move and they need to do something to get out of their pain but no one, I suspect no one's told them in the way that I've told them using MVC. And it's just that sequencing it like that just opens the door to that behavior change I was talking about. So, and there's a ton of data. I'm not just saying this because it's like, this is just anecdotal. This is like, there's a lot of research now that is, that is coming out on this that says, yeah, you get better patient outcomes, objective outcomes when you connect with the patient, you, um, you use patient engagement, soft skills, um, and motivational interviewing is kind of a framework uh, for healthcare practitioners, not just physios, but anybody in medicine. So there's teaching this in schools now um, and trying to get the, the younger um, uh, providers, healthcare providers to learn this stuff early on. But I, and I learned this, that, that this is what I'm saying though. I learned this in school. I understood it from a logical standpoint, but I needed NVC to kind of lay it out in a very simple format that I could use and execute on. That was what I think was lacking in the education that I got anyway before about, uh, you know, emotional intelligence and, and all this stuff and how to connect with people. Like it's just a better framework in my opinion. Wow. That's, yeah. I love hearing that. And it's so simple. I mean, like yeah. I never knew, like no one taught, taught me in school, like just use those two, like to that, use the emergency empathy like that. And I, and the, this, the, the, it took me five seconds at the start of the assessment <laughs> with somebody and boom, they're crying in front of me. And I'm like, damn, this You're is like, powerful. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Crazy. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I got I got a lot better at that after uh, after our twelve our um, twelve sessions. Okay. Yeah. So business wise, and it turned and it, it like just turned into a 
financial helped me financially with my business because people were trusting me. They then uh, it became a lot easier for me to quote unquote sell my uh, my service to them because mm-hmm. I wasn't really selling. I was just building a relationship with them, mm-hmm. and they just naturally were like, "Well, I want to work with you." Yeah. I'm like, "That's cool. I want to work with you too. Uh, let's do it." And the the uh, it's like I, I didn't have to sell anymore. It's like I just have to connect with people. Super cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was I know this one. Um multimillionaire insurance salesman and that's what he said that's what he said years ago told me but it makes sense he's like you don't ever sell you just connect first just connect build trust then you can let them know what you sell later yeah it's like and it becomes way easier (laughs) than trying to do something wow okay so i've noticed in, in myself like we mentioned before i don't offer my opinion anymore I don't, there's certain ways I don't speak anymore. Like I don't even get the opportunity to use NBC very much anymore because, because a lot of the things that would start arguments, I just don't even do like offering my opinion or even thinking it's even in my mind, you know, like, have you know, like, like even if I'm judging someone in my mind, then later that can come out into an argument because it comes out. So I just, I just don't even do it anymore. And I just avoid so many conflicts. Have you noticed similar things where you just don't speak in certain ways anymore? Yeah, actually, I was a bit nervous coming on the podcast because I was like, I think I forget some of the mechanics of what we were were doing, like, because I haven't used it that much, right? Felt like I hadn't used it that much. I think I'm, I'm just almost automatically using it on myself now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just comes out sort of naturally in my language, like, just the emergency empathy is, is almost, uh, it's kind of come, it's becoming sort of second nature to just automatically try to identify the the emotion and then the need underneath it that's awesome that's that's exactly what i hope for students is where it becomes automatic instead of reacting and triggering when we get triggered our automatic reaction is to identify you know just like that's that's the that's like the end game right there i mean i mean we can learn and learn and learn for sure but to get to that point of we've retrained ourselves to instead of reacting and blaming and going outward we go inner every time we're triggered that's a game changer yeah that's that yeah it's it, like i said it's a mindset shift i think is the biggest thing there's just been this shift now where it's like and i'm just not being bothered by things as much as i used to be like i was just like you know that's fine that's cool <laughs> i've had some uh scenarios where someone you know i've had uh people yell at me quite violently one one time i had i, I think i told you about that Let's do that. Let, let, let's go. Let's go through that if you want. Yeah, one guy in my in my coaching program. Um, I, I admittedly I I dropped the ball quite a bit in terms of um, I jump I bit off a bit more than I could chew, and mm-hmm. so um, but it uh, you know it was a startup company. I didn't know what I've never done it before. I didn't know what my ceiling was. I didn't know how much I could handle. So I, I bit off too much like too much and and had one too many people in the group, and so he kind of got the left out to some degree and anyway uh long story short he wanted his money back and um fair enough i i did put in this in the contract hey this is experimental and you know at any time if you're not satisfied you get your money back it's fine uh but he was not happy he had uh he had a wedding that was coming up and there was um some financial strain i think in his life and he thought things were going to be moving a lot quicker than they were and um told me i mean and he told me like he got on the phone he, he 
kind of chewed me out. <laughs> and uh, I, this actually was at the start of when we, just at the start of when we were working together. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, it was really powerful this, after this. I saw you the day of that happened. The mor- that happened in the morning and then I yeah. saw you right yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. And then you hit me with like an emergency empathy statement. And I started crying. I was like, mm. oh man, because you, you, I don't even know if you were, maybe you were just doing it reflexively. You were just like, you know. Um, but then I started, I was like, oh, bam. Like, so you gave me what I needed there, which was a little bit of empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt immediately better. And then I wasn't in my head about it the rest of the day. I was just like, okay, so now I'm going to look at it from his perspective. But immediately I was like, I was tuned to be like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, I'm not in the wrong here. This guy, it's his fault. He didn't do what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I flipped it. I was like, okay, wait, what, what did I do? What can I learn from this? Uh, you know, and is there anything I can do differently in the future? And how can I make this right right now? Like it just switched my mind. It was like, after you addressed your, after you had like the empathy done to you. So that felt heard and understood. Now you could like actually yes. analyze and, and get things done without this emotional component right of being triggered which is so that's what i think happened yeah Yeah, after our session you helped me through that yeah and then i could think more clearly and then i think we did a i don't know if we did a role play on that one i think Uh, we did yeah because i remember it was i remember there was a moment when you were oh i think it was like yeah so you said like an nbc statement and then when we try to do emergency empathy I remember you were like, you couldn't figure out how he feels and why. And then I was like, probably he either thinks, you know, like it's going to be like a few different things. Either he thinks you're trying to hustle him or you're not adequate, maybe. Or, you know what I mean? It was like, I, I can't remember all three, but then you were like, oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, yeah, you kind of, uh, yeah, you you pried open the door on that, on on the perspective. And, and so, I, yeah, so it's, you helped me see it from a different angle. Yeah. Uh, and that was huge because it, uh, I think it was like, yeah, anyway, um, it, it was, that was super helpful. Uh, the other comment I want to make too about the group, about the sessions, it was like, it was just, ha- it was happening in real time. It was like, it was almost like a little science experiment where, where it was c- controlled environment related to the exact things that were happening in my life. So it was like, it was amazing. It was like, I got a place where I can then come to where I can now work through this. Whereas before I was just trying to use it in real life. But now it was like, this is a controlled like laboratory where I can experiment. And, I, and then I've got you giving me the direct feedback right away, which is huge when you're learning anything. Um, and that, that I think that's why it worked so well, so quickly. Wow. Yeah. Let's go through a scenario real quick before we wrap up. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's try it out let's say um your neighbor every friday night they come they they play really loud music when they when they come home at two in the morning and wakes up you and your baby and your wife (laughs) every friday and they they, they come home at like 2 30 and so you so you go over to their house and and what would you what would you say i would say uh knock on the door as soon as they came down i'd probably have to knock really loud to uh get over the the loud music that's there so well, let's it, say uh, it's when they drive like in their car so so 
this so the scenario is more clear like yeah when they drive home at two in the morning it's a car bump and so at their house it's not so loud but when they drive it's super loud okay they're like so they're, they're coming out they're coming yeah. out of their house and, no no they're when they like the come home when they come home from like let's say they're like a bartender yeah they're a bartender they come home okay. at late every friday at like two three in the morning they're bumping some loud bass and it just wakes up your whole house Gotcha. I'll probably wait till the, the morning. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Some other time where it's appropriate, I'll come yeah. over to their house, knock on the door, just say, hey, um, neighbor Bob, uh, look, uh, you came home. I think it's been three times in the last two weeks that you've come home or, um, you know, three or four times uh, where the music has been playing very loud at two, two to three o'clock in the morning. And, and uh, that's right at the time when we're uh, we're sleeping and my two kids are sleeping. I'm feeling um, a bit frustrated because it's important for me to get a good night's sleep because I have to be up at work um, and, and early and uh, I have to be prepared for work and, and, you know, it affects my kids sleep as well. And, and that affects their mood. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to just try to keep the music dialed down a little bit when you're coming close to the house. Uh, the next time you're, you're coming home from work. Is that okay with you? That's great, bro. Damn, <laughs> that was good. You hit all the steps. You you were authentic. That was That's a scary one too, right? That's a very scary thing to bring. A lot of neighbors, what do they do? They just call the cops. Yeah. Literally the, you know, the, the most disconnection building thing you can do with the neighbor. But to be able to go there, say all those things, um, he would... I would say in real life, 90% of the people would be like, okay. <laughs> they would be yeah, okay. What else could they do? They'd be like, okay. Um, yeah. All right. <laughs> They'd be trying to process how well you just like ask them something. Uh, but let's yeah, say, that yeah, so that, that was great. You had all the steps. Um, let's, um, but let's act like he's a little triggered. And so he says, um, yeah, no not going to do that all right it's a free country what would you do then i would say are, are you are you in, um frustrated because you think i'm trying to infringe on your freedom to listen to music really loud damn you're good bro you got it you're the best <laughs> student <I> ever had <laughs> i got a good teacher i love it man you just that's what you do you switch right into emergency empathy and so probably he would be something like, what? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, that like you think about it. I love I love that moment, too, when you do emergency empathy and, and you see them look up. <laughs> you see yeah, them look up. It's like true. <laughs> they, they have to think about it like, yeah, that's a win. Even if you're like not correct, when you can get them to go internal and think about how they feel and why, that's a win. Things get calmer. Now you're in a discussion instead of a fight or an argument. So I would you say that I'd have to think, but like, I mean, I guess a little. It's just to be honest with you. <laughs> I think he'd start being like, yeah, like then we could talk about. I mean, I could probably come in and say something about like, yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it's tough, especially in COVID times. I can see why people would be like, you know, oh, there's some restrictions going on. Maybe you know, my freedoms are, are being violated in some degree maybe something like that i don't know yeah, you could go, read, read the situation in the role play was if i was there like this was what i like about the role play like even though it's a role play you can really put yourself there and then just like there is some kind of authentic reaction path there's like things that would not happen but then there's things that would so when if you came at me like that real life 
first of all, I would probably just say, yeah, but say I'm, I'm more thing. Then you came in with emergent empathy. I would really think, I would genuinely think, why does this bother me? And then I think even with that, right? So that's why you're, you're getting really good. A lot of times it takes multiple emergency empathies to get some truth and trust out of somebody. But yeah. that was already a scary thing. Everybody, we all know that's scary to knock on someone's door and ask them to do something. So that's, that's like dangerous. So then you got a reaction from me, but then you did emergency empathy. That is a lot already. So I would probably think, and, and I'm in that scenario, I would be like, I would want to tell you like, well, actually when I, you know, come home i'm usually a little drunk <laughs> and like sleepy so i have the music loud to actually like keep me awake um oh yeah and i'd be like oh that's okay i hear you but uh you know can you think about just trying the next time dial it down just before you're getting you're getting home yeah i mean that's so reasonable like yes yes, yes i can do that you're right yeah I can do that. And now guess what? Now we're like friends, right? Say we never even talked to each other before. Now we're not, we're not like friends, best friends, but we now have a connection. Cause that's an interesting thing about life too, is if you have a friend that you've never argued with, I don't think the bond is as strong as a friend you've argued with and gotten through that argument. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. there's a bond that we know we can have tension and still get through it. And it's more powerful. And so with that kind of interaction, you, you, you would feel connection now with your neighbor. Again, every conflict is an opportunity for a deeper connection. It's so true. And that would be that. There was a conflict. You, you came, used NBC. Now you guys have a connection. Yeah. And I, and I love the, I mean, just like the course, or you, <clears throat> me and you doing these uh, sessions has just broadened my uh, perspective on the possibilities that could be upsetting somebody or could, could be leading to their emotional reaction. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe it was his be a bad day at work that mm -hmm. day coming home. Or he's a bad couple of uh, weeks because he's been having you said he was a bartender is yeah it, the scenario yeah maybe yeah. he's just had some people at the bar the one guy that's been bugging him all the time he just keeps going to the back and he's had to kick him out and you know he's you know combine that with a bunch of other things that could be going on in his life i i like have these uh, things in my head that i'm like what could be going on and i'm already like wow. thinking about those almost before i go to the the house that that's what i would do i would i would think what are the possibilities of why he's driving home like Man, that engine that, that, and that instantly switches your perspective right like to even do emergency empathy and to be thinking about that it makes you feel connected to them right it takes you out of like they're wrong and bad it instantly just makes you understand them more and it makes the whole like it it almost changes the whole frequency that you carry and the whole frequency of the interaction just by you thinking those thoughts so powerful well done man that's great yeah, so I guess I gotta I gotta go get to work. But thank you, man. Thank you for being the first guest and my first platinum student. It's really, really gratifying to me as a teacher to, to, to see you executing so well and to hear your stories of how you're applying to your relationship, your life, your family. And just you you really, you really got these principles. Like they're a part of you. They're not gonna go away. Like us all, you we all you, you may still get triggered and forget them. I still do sometimes. But you know, you have this tool set that you can actually utilize for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for for doing it. I mean, it was just, it's been amazing. It's been so cool. It's changed my life. So I appreciate everything you've done. So, awesome. um, so, so tell people who are listening how could they um, find your business or if they want to come see you for your your. Um, you know, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, 
Yeah. So I'm actually trying to scale this up quite big because uh, there, I'll give a very quick elevator pitch mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. It, uh, there's actually a medical discovery that has come out. Uh, it was relatively recent, but 50, 60 years ago. That's recent in uh, medical uh, discovery, scientific discovery timeline, okay. because it takes a long time to validate the discovery with the appropriate literature and evidence and in, in science. So, um, but this discovery is uh, changing the way that we um, treat and diagnose pain, physical pain. Uh, so these are musculoskeletal pain, not, um, you know, musculoskeletal means uh, like a joint, a ligament, a tendon, a muscle, uh, a nerve. Okay, that's, okay. that's musculoskeletal pain. There's mm-hmm. other types of pain, but that's what mm-hmm. I specialize in. Okay. And that's what this, this uh, discovery is, is, is about. And the discovery is uh, about over 80% of these, these painful conditions, this includes low back pain, which is the lo- number one leading cause of disability in the entire world. It's a very big problem and it costs healthcare systems millions, billions, billions of dollars. Um, it turns out that over 80% of these problems can rapidly turn around. So that means within days rather than uh, weeks or months or years, uh, which in some case, in a lot of cases, people are being told that, ah, oh, this, is, this is a problem that cannot necessarily get better. Uh, you're stuck with it. Turns out a large, large percentage, like I said, over 80, get significantly better very quickly with one particular movement and they, it rapidly turns around and it lasts. So that's a pretty cool discovery if you think about it. It's, uh, we refer to it sort of layman's terms as rapid reversible pain. Uh, we think it's coming from within the joint itself. So that's where we think of the mechanism we don't actually know the physiology and the mechanism behind why this happens, but we do know that all you need to do is move that joint in a very particular direction at just the right force, just the right frequency, and the pain will d- almost dissolve. It, it's quite a, it's quite an, uh, a, a cool um, discovery. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, and people can do it themselves. So I actually see people online and I, I, take them through a diagnostic process, just very simple movement tests. It's based on pattern recognition. So as long as I can see you and hear you, I can help you diagnose this problem. If it exists, it's not everybody, Mm -hmm. like 80% is not everyone, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. but it's a large chunk. So I can take people through the tests themselves. So if you had pain, Mike, I could Mm -hmm. could coach you how to do the test right now, Mm -hmm. because we see each other. Uh, Then, you know, if it will follow a very particular pattern, if it's one of these rapid reversible pain problems, uh, okay, and it will get significantly better as long as you're doing the right exercise. And I can just coach you. It's usually one exercise, sometimes two, but it's very simple. So, I mean, take that all together. You've got a really game-changing uh, discovery here, right? It can be wow. done virtually. Mm-hmm. It's, it's empowering for patients because they can diagnose and treat themselves. They just need, need me to coach them a bit. They don't need any hands-on. So that's another thing. Like people think that, you know, physios, chiropractors have magic hands and they're going to fix these things in these situations. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for manual hands-on therapy yeah. because there is, mm-hmm. but in these situations, it's, it's not necessary. Wow. So anyway, that's my, uh, you can find me. I'm, uh, my company's called disruptionmsk.com. So it's D-I-S-R-U-P-T-I-O-N-M-S-K.com. Um, I'm, there's a network of us, uh, highly trained, uh, chiropractors, physical therapists, doctors, and even surgeons that are trained in the same methodology that I'm trained in. 
And we're all collectively trying to get the word out there about this discovery so uh, we can change the MSK industry. So Beautiful. That sounds amazing. <clears throat> I will be sending yeah, cool. it. <laughs> I never, I never, I guess I never fully understood it so well as that. And that's like amazing. 80% of the people can just rapidly improve their chronic yeah. pain. <clears throat> wow. Incredible. Well, so if it, it, it's a little bit dependent on how long the pain has been there for, if it's been a lot longer, chronic, chronic, chronic pain, uh, it's less about 50, 50, 60%, depending on the okay. literature you're looking at and the data mm -hmm. set, but Overall, general health population-wise, yeah, um, uh, eighty percent, and that's from data from uh, an organization in the U.S. that has over a million data points running through their system, and they have an externally validated uh, organization to check to make sure that their data is statistically sound. Because you could easily make this up, uh, yeah, you know, and, and be, or f sort of. Uh, exaggerate your results because it's based on subjective pa patient subjective uh, reports of pain. Mm -hmm. um, but there are validated measures that we use. And, and this external organization is a third party, independent nonprofit um, and uh, validated the statistical accuracy of that 80% figure. So wow. yeah, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, yeah. thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, if you want to learn more about NVC, you can get my book, The Art of Nonviolent Communication, available on Amazon. Or you can uh, join my practice group and or be, get some coaching sessions. And you can find those at patreon.com slash artofnvc. I also have a website, uh, artofnvc.com, and an online course. And yeah, good luck on all your journeys. Thank you, Brent, for coming on. That was really cool. First guest. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. It's really cool to hear your story and how it's been, you've been applying it. And uh, good luck, everybody, on your NBC journeys.